Hello, everyone. This is a new episode of Living with TBI. I hope everybody had a really good holiday, uh, whether you celebrate Thanksgiving or not. Hopefully, it was you were surrounded by people you care about, people you love. I had uh, we celebrated Thanksgiving at home, and I found myself in my room alone for most of it. Now, when the family gets together, there's a lot of people. There's a dog, a dog, excuse me, I don't know why I pronounced it that way. So this dog comes in, and at times, she will bark. And when she barks, it just startles me, and I get angry. That's the side effect. Lately, a lot of things have been startling me. My wife laughs when we watch movies because it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a scary movie. Something will happen and I jump. And when that happens, my heart starts racing. I'm aggravated. Now, my wife laughing at me, that helps me to that that helps me, right? It it distracts me. I don't feel angry. So that's a good thing. So I had to stay in my room. My wife had a, you know, she had to serve me a plate. And then, you know, she'll come in, ask me if I'm okay. And so all of these steps, they get to me. Because number one, of course I went out, I greeted people. I would try to go out on my own, go to the kitchen, get something to drink. But then... I wouldn't have my headphones on and the noise will will begin to get to me because the TV is on at full blast in the living room and we're talking about a a New York apartment. We're not talking about a house. We're talking about an apartment in Queens. So it is at full capacity and the family is loud. (laughs) We are loud. So... Even even when before people showed up, like there was um, my sister-in-law and her husband were the two who first showed up and my niece. And even that was too much. Plus, it didn't help that I went downstairs without my sunglasses and I looked at the reflection coming off a, a bumper and it was silver. And that light just, it it got me dizzy. It got me irritated. So it didn't start off well. And yeah, it's, it is really discouraging when it's the holidays. And you have the people over or you have your family over. And you want to enjoy the, the holidays with them. We will be, in Christmas, we will be away. And for New Year's as well, so I don't know what's going to happen in New Year's. Last year, for New Year's, I had to wear two sets of noise cancellation headphones in order to go outside my room and hug people because everyone was, was, you know, 
uh, blowing the horn for New Year's and the, the shakers that make a lot of noise and everybody was yelling at each other, Happy New Year, and hugging each other. So something that never was an issue, obviously it's an issue now. And because I had two sets of noise cancellation headphones, the pressure, it felt like somebody was pushing both of my temples inward. So I had to hurry up, hug as many people as I could, and then rush back into the room because the pressure was getting to my, like, pressure, air pressure was like, like going inward into my ear. So yeah, those of us with TBI, we have a lot of issues and there's always something that's going to remind you of that. So right now I'm going through an issue where workers comp, they want me to prove that I'm looking for work. And I'm on disability, so I've been looking for work. But they, they require me to look based on my limitations. I was told to look for... I, I don't want to say this to offend people. I just want to remind people that I used to build and repair elevators. So... I have knowledge in electrical work, carpentry, uh, steel work. Uh, I have a lot of different, you know, print reading, troubleshooting, using tools. So when they told me I had to look for work that where I couldn't lift more than 10 pounds and essentially try to find the most basic job that I am qualified to do because of my limitations but they couldn't answer what type of jobs I had to look for and for someone who like myself and a lot of other people who suffer from TBI and are going through the same thing that I'm going through workers compensation we're not accustomed to looking for jobs that don't challenge us. And so when when I was faced with that reality, that just put me in a bad mood. And I think I'm still I'm still in a bad mood. This was like four or five days ago. And it brought me down. It brought me down because not only do I still dream about work after four years, and I was told that that was a grieving process. But I still feel that that I'm worth more than what they're telling me I am. But then again, that is part of the, the learning process. Realizing that what I used to do, I can't do anymore. And if I try to work on elevators, I can possibly kill somebody. So I had to think of it that way. Because the reality is, you got to be 100% when you're working in the elevator trade. And even at 100%, which I was at the time when I got injured, you can lose your life. 
There have been plenty of times where we heard, for example, I was doing my apprenticeship in Florida many, many years ago. And during class, we had to go to four years of school in order to do my trade. During class, the instructor cut the class and told us that a gentleman with over 20 years of experience fell down the elevator shaft. He opened the hatch door, not the hatch door, the lobby door, thinking that the elevator was a floor uh, below. So when you get on top of an elevator, you call the elevator, let's say you're on the fifth floor. You get the elevator. If it's going down, you hit the fourth floor. The elevator stops at the fourth floor. That is when you pick open the door, the lobby door, and you look and you make sure that the elevator is sitting at the fourth floor so you can climb on top of it. Not climb, but you step down on top of it. A lot of a lot of elevator elevator people or elevator technicians, I should say that. We had a tendency sometimes to open the door and not look before we took a step in. And this is what happened with this gentleman with over 20 plus years of experience working in in Las Vegas at a hotel, which means he was the resident elevator technician. So he knew that building in and out. And this is what happened to him. Unfortunately, he, he lost his life. So, Working in the elevator trade is very, very dangerous. So I've been, the reason why I'm bringing up such a morbid story is because I have to remind myself that my limitations prevent me from being who I used to be. And I need to get over that. And when I thought I was, Having these lawyers tell me, no, you got to look for this type of job and this type of job. That was a, a, a rude awakening that, hey, remember, you can't do this, this stuff you used to do before. You, can, you can't do that anymore. So even if you look for work, this is the type of work you need to look for. So I'm sure there are people listening to to this episode who are going through the same thing and yeah it it's a never ending battle when you when you have traumatic brain injury when you have issues with concussions and you're just constantly fighting with who you used to be and learning the new you Because now I got to learn how to, and it was so frustrating the first day I had a look. There was so much coming at me. I had to fill out paperwork, send it back. I had to 
look for certain jobs that they didn't tell me what kind of jobs I had to look for. So I had to figure it out on my own and that took forever. Then I had to figure out how to fill out the forms, scan it back to them. Then I wasn't happy with the way I was writing. I don't know if you guys go through this. There are times where my handwriting is okay. And then there are other times where my hands just, they start going somewhere where my mind is telling them not to go. And my handwriting will look atrocious. And so I was unhappy with the way I was writing. And so that was slowing my process down because I had to keep going back and doing it again. And for some reason, I could not let that go. And so finally, I was able to, I guess, warm up and my hand was able to, to, you know, generate some type of uh, clean, readable handwriting. But it was frustrating. It took like about two hours for me to figure out how to fill out the first job. You have to look for about four, fill them out. And then every week, send that to the lawyers, and they keep the records. And so when my next hearing is up for MMI, there, there's all this documentation stating that I'm still looking for work. I'm still trying to be in the workforce, so on and so on. So not only do I have to... Not only do I have to deal with the fact that after I take a shower, I need to take a nap because I am mentally drained. Not only do I have to deal with that type of thing, but now I have to deal with all of these new obstacles, legal obstacles. And remember that I need to look for work every day, fill out the paperwork, make sure it is sent in a, in a timely fashion it's it's been a it's been i guess stressful if i'm talking about it i guess it's something that's stressing me out <laughs> i've definitely been mentally beat i guess that's a good way to put it it's been a challenge but with every challenge there's something new that you could learn and that's how i'm taking it what that lesson will be that remains to be determined and hopefully it, it is a lesson that is useful something that i can share with you guys and something that i can use that becomes something positive so we'll see but once again i wanted to share quick story wish you guys a happy thanksgiving i know it's a little late hopefully everyone's doing well so i'm gonna wrap things up you guys take care i'll talk to you later